welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message.
I mean, we have a talented bunch, don't we? I mean, and they have fun, too. And I got to say this, they look cool singing in iPhones. I mean, that is a skill set right there. So anyways, all that was done with iPhones, iPads, and uh, wasn't overdubbed. That was them doing that. So congratulations, guys. You had a lot of fun. Get to work. All right, all right. All right, no, it's all good. Hey, is there an app for that? That's what we're looking at. Is there an app for that in this series? And we've looked at prayer, and we've looked at worship. And uh, today we're going to look at spiritual growth. And the reason we've looked at prayer is because we believe prayer matters and you need to pray and you need to speak to your heavenly father and that he will answer prayer. We believe that worship matters, that it's pleasing to God. It's something that we praise and worship him. We're getting more intimate uh, with the Lord. And then we believe that spiritual growth is necessary. So we've looked at three very basic things and it's something that we all need to do. We all need to grow spiritually and mature. And so today we're going to look at that third one, but before we go any further, can we at this campus welcome everybody that's watching on video? Can we do that right now? Come on, welcome everybody that's watching. Yes. All right, we are going to get to uh, Colossians chapter 1 eventually. If you don't know where Colossians chapter 1 is, turn in your Bibles there. We're going to get there. It's going to take me a while. I'm going to tell you right up front, it's going to take me a while to get there. I've got a couple things that I want to look at before we get to that, but trust me, I'm going to get there, all right? Um, I want to look at uh, six myths to spiritual growth or spiritual maturity And then I want to give you the practical steps of spiritual maturity, the things that you should do, and then I want to tell you the reason why you need to spiritually grow and you need to become spiritually mature, and that's where we're going to get to Colossians chapter 1. So let me start out with these six myths of spiritual growth or spiritual maturity, and I'll hit them rather quick, but the first one, a lot of people believe that spiritual growth is automatic, that it just happens automatic. Um, if I show up at church, um, I'm going to grow, I'm going to mature. If I'm just around other Christians, if I'm just here and I don't put forth any effort, I'm going to grow and mature as a follower of Jesus Christ. And I got to tell you this, it's going to take some effort, and it is possible To be in a church, it is possible to be a follower of Jesus Christ and not be uh, maturing spiritually. It's possible to be stunted and stopped. And we see this in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. It'll be on the screen. It says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk not solid food. And the people here are getting a rebuke because uh, the writer of Hebrews is saying, you should be mature. You should be teachers. You should be people that are growing spiritually, but you're not. You are immature, and I have to keep giving you milk and not the things that you need, the spiritual meat that you need. And I've heard one pastor say, he said, it's okay to bottle feed your church, but if you have to part the whiskers to get the bottle in, that's trouble, all right? You know, that's too old. They need to be maturing and moving on to the other things. So some of us think that we can just be around people, just kind of hanging out. You have to put some effort into this. And just by going to church doesn't mean you'll spiritually mature. A lot of churches are full of people that have just stunted and stopped, and it's too important. We need you to grow spiritually. You cannot stay there. 
Now, a lot of people think spiritual growth is mystical. Like it, you know, we hear these simple things to spiritual growth, and you're going to hear some simple things today, and you're going to think, well, it can't be that. It's got to be more mystical. It's got to be more complex. And, and not all of us can grow, Pastor. Like the pastors will grow, but not all of us. And it's complex, and it's, it's really hard, though, to grow. And uh, so it's, we, we kind of make it mystical. And I don't believe that. I believe that spiritual growth takes work, but it's something that all of us can do. All of us are called to grow spiritually. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, and this will be on the screen. This is right after uh, the Apostle Paul has said, God's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the body. And then he says, to equip his people for all works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until, catch this, we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He's saying we all, we all need to mature. We all reach the fullness. God's given us pastors, evangelists, uh, teachers, these other gifts to help us all to mature all to come to what we need to. So it's not something that's complex. Our pastors and teachers have been telling us all along, but a lot of times we don't want to listen to those things or we think it's mystical or the things are too simple, so we kind of just say, well, we can't get there. We can't get there. Not true. Another myth of spiritual maturity or growth is that it happens instantaneously. You say, I want to grow now. I want to grow now and I want to have spiritual growth now. How many of you know it doesn't work that way? It doesn't work that way. It's like a little kid that says, I want to be tall now. It doesn't work that way. But over years and over time, you see that kids grow. We have a a little wall in Logan's uh, closet, and we measure him, and we put the little mark on there. And it's amazing to see over the years the amount that he's grown. But if we were to do it every day, you wouldn't see that much. Spiritual growth is not instant. It happens over time. And a lot of people want it right now, but I got to tell you, Time is essential for spiritual growth. You have to endure storms. You have to endure trials. You have to endure the good times and the bad times. And in that process, spiritual growth happens. But it doesn't just happen instantly, okay? Another myth is that spiritual maturity is just knowledge. If I can get it here, if I can get just knowledge and I can get it in there, I'm going to be okay. I just need to get it in my head. So I need to get online and get all the teaching I can get online. I need to go to church and get all the teaching I can. It's only just knowledge. And I'll be spiritually mature if I have a bunch of stuff in my mind, if it's only knowledge. Okay? That is not accurate. That is a myth of spiritual growth. And hopefully by the end of this service today, you're going to see that that is way off base. It's part of it. Knowing the Bible and having spiritual knowledge is part of it. But it, it goes hand in hand with godly behavior. Okay? Let me read James 1.22. It says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So we need knowledge. We need to listen to what it says. And and anytime you hear in the Bible where it says listen or it says hear, like it says hear the word and obey it, the word hear or listen to it actually means study. That's what it means. Because the Hebrew people were an oral people. They, They spoke the teaching to each other. So when you were learning and you were studying, you were actually listening to your teacher. So the people understood, like, if you hear it and you're learning, make sure to obey it. Spiritual growth is not just getting it, 
in your mind. Does that make sense? All right, another myth about spiritual growth. A lot of people think I can mature and do this on my own. I can do this on my own. That is a myth. You need the people in the body here to help you grow in spiritual growth. So go ahead right now at this campus and everywhere, look around at the people that God has around you. Go ahead, look around. These people are here for you. Some of you are like, do they look better at the other campus? No, they're all, we're all the same, all right? You know? But we're here. These people are here to help you to grow. Hebrews 10.24 says this, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We are here to challenge each other. How can I make you grow? How can I help you do good, more good deeds? How can I help you to have more love? How can I get you to grow? How can I do this? We are here for each other and spiritual growth. You think, well, I'll just do it on my own. I don't need to do the things that Pastor Rob's gonna say because I know what he's gonna say and I know where he's going with these things and every time they pull out that spur one another on, that means they're gonna talk about life groups. Okay, here we go. All right, you know where we're going, Okay. But spiritual maturity, spiritual growth is not personal and private. I need you, you need me, we need one another in this. And if you will, we are like trainers for each other, helping us to do more than we would do on our own because we're in this together, and that's a good key to spiritual growth. Another thing, and it's kind of tied with knowledge, I'll admit, it's kind of tied, but a lot of people think spiritual maturity is when you study the Bible. Now, you need to study the Bible, and you're going to hear me say that in just a minute. You need to study the Bible. But a lot of people think that they're spiritually mature when they walk out of church and they learned a few Greek words or a few Hebrew words, okay? Last week, I talked on worship, and I gave seven, seven Hebrew words that have to do with worship, okay? So I gave those words, and I had people come on up to me in the lobby, and they're saying like, oh, that was good, Tauda, Tahila, Shabak, woohoo! Those were good. I feel really smart with those words. I feel pretty good. Thank you, Pastor Rob. You keep bringing those Hebrew words because I felt really smart. All right. Now I got to tell you, those words were great to learn, but those words mean to sing, to lift your hands, and to shout His praise. So if you didn't apply those in praise and worship, you didn't hear what I was teaching. Okay, because if you're going to study the Bible and you're going to get those and you like those words and there's nothing wrong, I could give you Greek words and Hebrew words and we could do that all the time, but those words are there so that we'll learn more about God and we'll grow, not just so that we get Bible study. And a lot of people are like, well, if we don't study and we don't have the deeper things, if we don't have the deeper things, it's all, I got to get this, I got to get the Hebrew, got to get the Greek, and that's when it's really a good church service, okay? It is important to us that we get the word in us. It is important to us that we learn deeper meanings of the scripture. I am all for that. But if I can say this in a way, that is the protein of your diet. That is the protein of your diet. But how many know a diet is incomplete if all you do is have protein? You've got to have a little exercise with the diet. You've got to have some carbs with the diet. You've got to have some of that with it. You've got to have dessert in your diet. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay. <laughs> You, you sign up for my dessert diet plan. It's a good one. Anyways, you know, there's, there's things to life. There's protein, there's carbs, there's exercise, there is dessert, there are these things, and you need the right component of it. And a lot of people think I'm spiritually mature when I have the Greek, when I have the Hebrew, when I really got those things, but there's more to it. 
There's more to it. That's part of it. Okay, so what do you need to do? I'm going to give you some practical steps, and then we're going to go to Colossians chapter 1. All right, so what do you need to do? Some practical steps to grow spiritually. All right, so I'm going to start out with one that you're like, well, I thought you just said it's the protein. You have to read your word. You do. That is part of the process. You have to read your word. Now, we do something around here called SOAP. Are you familiar with it? It's on our website, Scripture Observation application prayer you read the chapter we helped you out we put it there it's on the website you can download a little daily reading plan you read the scripture you observe what it says you write that down you figure out how that can apply to your life and then you pray about it that is the protein to your spiritual growth it's something that you need to do now i know a lot of people like well i don't you know i read the bible before I've read it twice. Matter of fact, Pastor Rob, I've read it three times. Do I really need to read it again? Because after all, I am a mature believer. It's the protein you need. It's the protein you need. You have to keep reading it. Matter of fact, here's what happens. When you stop reading, you kind of think, well, I've done it. I've read it. I've done it. I got it, Pastor. I got it. I don't need it. All of a sudden, it becomes a burden to read the Word of God. And you're like, ah, oh, you know, you hear me say it, and you're kind of, oh, whatever. He's trying to put it on me. And it'll move from burden. It's a spiritual attack. It'll move from burden to all of a sudden you will not like it and you will think the Bible is worthless. It's a spiritual attack. If you don't stay in it daily and you don't get that protein in you, if you don't get that in, it'll become a burden. And then when it's a burden, you'll feel convicted about the fact that you're not reading it. And then you'll disregard the word of God and you'll say, well, I don't need that for maturity. Yes, you do. That's an attack of the enemy. So you need that for spiritual growth and maturity. What else do you need? You need church attendance. And those of you that are here today, good job, all right? Let me just tell you, though, the way I view church attendance, if I'm going to use this analogy of protein and whatever, church attendance is your carbohydrates, okay? This is where you get the energy for the endurance for the rest of the week. How many know what I'm talking about? That's what carbs are. When people run races, they do the carb load. They get all those carbs in them because they're going to run a race. And they need a lot of energy to go and run that race. So they need the carbs. This is carbs, all right? But how many know what happens to you if you just eat carbs? Let me give you a hint. Okay? If you just eat carbs, you're like, I love the carb diet I'm on. We can tell. All right, you know. (laughs) Right? So a lot of people, now listen, listen, this is key for spiritual growth. A lot of people only come to church. You never crack open your Bible. So you have no foundation of the protein in your life. And you come to church and you love the celebration. You love this. Maybe, Maybe coming to church is carbs and dessert. You love carbs and dessert. But if all you do is come to church and your spiritual growth and you don't do all of this and you don't do this, you are going to be just spiritually overweight. You are not healthy. You may think, but pastor, I come every week. You are missing so much of spiritual growth and it's unhealthy. It all works together. Let's celebrate. I love carbs. I love dessert. But I tell you what, I still have to have protein. I still have to have other things. And here's another thing you need to do. You need to serve. That's your exercise. 
That's your exercise. You got to serve. You got to eat right, but you got to exercise. And you have to serve. And you think, but Pastor Rob, you keep saying these things. They're really simple. They are very simple. They're all in the Bible and they're there for you to grow. And I need you to grow. The church needs you to grow. The world needs you to grow. It's part of what God has for you. You have to serve. We make it really simple. We have a thing called discover. You go to that. You discover what you're good at. And then we put you in an area of ministry. It's a great thing. It's a way for you to grow. Another thing, life groups. Life groups. You say, well, I don't like life groups. You know what? Life groups are there for you. They are there for you so that you have spiritual trainers in your life, if you will. They are there so that they can encourage you and spur you on to good works. They are there so that someone can speak into your life. They are there so that you can speak into other people's life. They are there so you can celebrate together that you're doing this and you're making progress for the Lord and you're maturing. It's part of the process. And a lot of you have cheated yourself out of spiritual growth because you won't do life groups. They're there for a reason. They're not there just so we can employ a pastor and we can say we do that and we give people opportunity. You're there so you can connect with other people, so you can serve, so you can grow spiritually. It's part of the component that's there. Another thing you need to do is pray. It's in the Bible. We're supposed to pray. It's part of this series. You need to pray so you can grow spiritually. You're speaking with God. You're talking with God and you will grow spiritually. It's part of the process. You really want to have a, a quick jump start? You know, how many know that people really like a jump start for like plans and you want to see a lot of progress right away? Share your faith with someone. How many know that when you share your faith with somebody, that just takes your growth to a whole other level? Because usually, unless you have one of those moments that are amazing where they're like, yes, tell me more, usually they're going to have issues against the faith and they're going to do things and they're going to stump you and you're going to be like, I don't know what to say. And then you're going to go and you're going to pour over your Bible and you're going to ask a pastor for help and you're going to go to your life group and go, somebody give me some help. Somebody give me some help. I was talking to somebody and they brought this up. I didn't know what to say. And the person said, oh, I wish I'd have known that. And how many know that spurs your spiritual growth? So share your faith and spur your spiritual growth. And the other thing is examine yourself. Examine yourself and let other people examine you. Have you ever had the courage to go to somebody and say, am I closer to God, do you think, now than I was three years ago? Am I making, just as a friend, speak honestly to me. And they're like, do you really want the truth? I mean, yeah, I really, really want the truth. I really want you to tell me. I really want you to speak to me. Am I growing? Do you see more of Jesus in me or less of Jesus in me right now? Those are ways to grow spiritually. Very practical things. Now, those of you that held your hand at Colossians chapter 1, let's get there. And I want to tell you why I'm there. Because this is spiritual growth. Let me just set the pace for you or the reason why we went here. In Colossians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter. And he's writing it to a group of people that have just become followers of Jesus Christ. So he's excited for them. He's very happy that they are followers of Jesus. And he's heard from another person that these people are following Jesus. And he's really excited about that. And so he's writing them a letter of encouragement and growth. And in first, or Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, this is what he says. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, let me stop for a moment. That's we heard that you got saved, that you became a Christ follower. He says, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, 
strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. Now, let me explain to you what Paul is writing. That's a chunk of spiritual growth right there in a couple of passages. All right? He's excited. He said, you guys have become followers of Jesus. We're excited for that. And ever since I've heard that you gave your life to Jesus Christ, I have been praying for you. And here's what I've been praying for. I've been praying that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, I want to tell you what he means by filled and help you to understand spiritual growth in a different way. The word filled that he's using here is not like a cup, because that's the picture that came to my mind right away. Like, Lord, I want to be filled with the knowledge of you. I want to be smarter. I want to have more coming into my cup of knowledge, not the word he's using there. Here's the word that he's using, and the word filled, it means like a sail of a sailboat. And he's saying, I want God to fill you with his knowledge so you can go where you're supposed to go. Different picture, isn't it? A cup, I can sit at a table and say, yes, Lord, I'm getting smarter. A sail, I am moving in a direction that he wants me to go. Okay, so he's saying, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of God and have this wisdom. I want you to get this so that God can direct you where he wants you to go. There's a purpose for your spiritual growth. There's another meaning in this word filled. It means this, like salt would permeate meat and preserve it and flavor it and make it taste good. He said, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of God. This word filled, so you're moving like a sailboat. He, it also means, I want you to be so full of God and so full of his knowledge that when you go out in this world, you taste like God. And when the world looks at you, they taste a little bit of God. Different meaning. My cup, I can sit at the table and I can sit there, but guess what? If I'm a sail or if I'm supposed to be like salt and I'm supposed to be out there showing the world, I get this knowledge of God so I'll be more salty, so I'll be more like God. A third meaning of this word filled here that Paul uses. The third meaning of this word means that it would dominate you, okay? So he says, I want you to be filled filled with the knowledge of God so it dominates your behavior, okay? So we're on mission for God as we're maturing. We are tasting like God. We're becoming more like God so the world gets a taste of God as we're maturing. And the last thing is that we dominate. We get dominated by God. And what does that mean? It means everything we do, the more we know about God, the more we study, the more that we pray, the more that we mature, he dominates every bit of our life. That means the places we go, the things we watch, the things we say, the way we spend our money. He's saying it dominates you. And the more mature you are, I'm going to move you where I want you to be. Um, you're going to taste like me when you're out in the world. And I'm going to dominate everything you do. You're going to run everything through the filter of spiritual maturity because I want you filled with the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God. Total different perspective. You're on mission for God, and he wants you to be mature so he can move you so you taste like him and so that everything you do just is led by him. Total different way of spiritual growth. How many know what I'm talking about? Totally different. Not a cup. And he says, I want you to have this knowledge of God, and the knowledge of his will is this. He's saying, I want you to have participatory knowledge. I don't want you to just sit there and get it in your head. I want the knowledge that you're learning to be practical, hands-on application. 
And you're going to learn about God and you're going to know his will and you're going to get this knowledge by being out there and participating in the things that he wants you to do and that's going to help you to mature. Okay? Verse 10, it says that. Now my translation has that written there. Let's add a so. So that. Okay? He said, I want you to be filled with knowledge and all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that... You may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Let me stop there. He's saying, I want you to mature. I want you to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want you to know what he wants you to do so that you can please God. And as you mature, the purpose of your maturing as a follower of Jesus Christ is so you can please him better. So you can please him more. How many know that kids can only please parents so much? How many know little kids are just infants, newborns, and they're looking at you, and they're smiling, and you're like, hey, you smile. It's gas anyways, but you're like, hey, you smile. Yeah, look at that. They're smiling, right? Okay, there's only so much they can do. But how many know that when they get a little bit older, and they can speak, and they have the knowledge, and they've grown, and they've matured, and then they say, I love you, Daddy. I love you, Mommy. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. How many know that when they go and do their chores and they have the understanding that mom and dad want me to do this and this is not bad and I should do this on my own without being asked, how many know that pleases you even more? How many parents are praying for that right now? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? As they mature, how many know that when they start dialoguing with you and having good conversation and they're struggling with things and their faith becomes their own and all of a sudden you're like, oh, yes. As they're maturing, as they're maturing, you're having a greater understanding and they're pleasing to you the more they mature. He's saying, I want you to grow in this so that you'll walk worthy and you'll fully please him. Now, I want to let you know this. I picked this translation on purpose, okay, because I love that it says walk worthy. Some translations say that you'll live a life. I like this because walk worthy. To me, spiritual growth is walking worthy. Simple steps. Bible study, church attendance, being in a life group, uh, serving, praying. Simple things. Simple things. And I'm just walking worthy. I'm doing the simple things as I grow in my relationship with God. And I'm walking worthy so that I'll bring pleasure to my heavenly father. I like that. I like that, that it's simple, simple things. And then he says this, so that you'll bear fruit. That you'll be fruitful in every good work. And he said, part of the reason that I want you to mature, I want you to have this, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of God and the wisdom and the understanding so that you can walk worthy and please him, but also so that you'll bear fruit. And he's saying, I want you to mature so that other people can benefit from you maturing. So that that fruit that is there will be there for other people to benefit. So you're here to mature so that God can get you to where he wants you to go. And as you mature, other people benefit from your maturity. The Heavenly Father, he loves it. And then others get to benefit from the fruit that we bear. It's part of the process. It's part of why we want to grow, not to just get smarter. And then he says, and then we'll increase in the knowledge of God. And let me give you the picture of this. He's saying, I want you to understand this, be filled with this, have the knowledge of God. You know what he wants you to do so you can walk worthy, put a smile on his face, and you can bear fruit. And then he says, so you can have more knowledge. Here's what he means. Like a farmer that has figured out, hey, if we put fertilizer on this, we can get more increase. Hey, 
If we irrigate our fields, we can even have more production. Hey, if we use herbicides, we can even get more production. Do you see the point there? He has knowledge, but he's adding to his knowledge more stuff. Why? To produce more fruit to have a greater return. So everything we're doing in spiritual growth, we're growing and maturing for a reason so that we'll bear fruit, so that we'll make God smile. And we're thinking of more ways and smarter ways and better ways to refine the process to make God happier and to bring more fruit out to the world. It's a great process. It's a whole different motivation of church growth than saying, feed me. How many know that's way different? Move me. Just take me, Lord. Help me to taste like you. Bring me wherever you want me to, Lord. And dominate me because I want to make you smile and I want to bring forth fruit so that other people can benefit. Okay, and then the Apostle Paul closes out with three things that I think are the true mark of spiritually mature people. Okay, a lot of us like, if I know Greek, if I know Hebrew, if I know that, that's, I'm mature, I've got it. No, I think if you have these three things, you are passing the test and you are moving forward in spiritual maturity. You ready? Patience, long-suffering, and joy, okay? And Paul is saying, as you're maturing, as you're doing this, here's how you're going to know if you're maturing. So here's your test, all right? Ready for a test to see if you're growing? First word, patience. It doesn't mean patience in the way that we think, okay? A better translation would be endurance. It means that no matter what is thrown at you, you are going to endure it. And you are going to look for a way to bring glory to the name of Jesus no matter what the world throws at you. That's maturity. Instead of like, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Look at this that I'm going through. I can't believe this. God, where are you? What are you doing? That's immaturity. Maturity says I have patience, I have endurance, and I understand that no matter what the world throws at me, I'm standing strong for God, and something good's coming out of this situation, and I won't be overtaken by it, and I'm not going to be moved by this. I'm instead going to realize God's going to work all things out for my good, and I've been with him long enough to understand that I'm going to make it. That's That's maturity. See, that's maturity. Okay, and then maturity is that saying like when the world throws you lemons, you make lemonade. That's what it's saying. I have the ability and I have a mark of maturity on my life that I don't give up. I look in bad situations to turn it for good. That's a mark of maturity. Then the second word, long-suffering, which really would be patience. He's saying you have patience and long-suffering with people. So when you're a mature believer, here's the sign of a mature believer. You have patience with people around you that are irritating. Some of you are like, I am very immature. All right, I got it. I'm immature. Okay? Here's what it means. People that are unlovable can't steal your love. You're still going to love them anyways. People that don't grow up in maturity, you're leading a life group, you're teaching the kids, and they won't mature. But instead of being irritated, you say, I'm going to stay faithful anyways. I'm going to do what I need to do. I have long suffering, and even though it doesn't look like the word is penetrating in them, I'm still being faithful, and I'm going to do it. That's what this word means. It means people that are unpleasant, that are mean, they will not steal your joy. That's a mark of maturity. That's totally different than Tauda, yada, halal. You know how many talking? That's easy. It's easy to walk out of here and say, I am mature because I learned Hebrew. No, I am mature because the person that cut me off in the parking lot, I still love them. Amen. I love you, right? That's mature. The person that is angry with me and my family that 
purposely comes against me with my faith doesn't steal my joy, and I'm able to love them anyways. That's maturity. And the third one, joy. It's right there. He says, you got to patience, long-suffering, and joy. That's just joy. That means no matter what's happened on the outside, on the inside, I'm full of joy. Doesn't matter. The world can't take away my joy. You may think you can. You may think that I lost this, that, and the other thing, and that I shouldn't have joy. You may wonder how I can have joy when I make less or how I can have joy when this happens in my life. You know what? Because I'm mature, and I've learned that my outward circumstances don't determine my inward joy. And I've learned that what happens on the outside is really not what matters. It's what's on the inside. And I've settled it that I'm living for Jesus Christ and that eternity awaits me and I'm a mature believer and I'm not rattled by little small things that cause happiness. I have joy in my life no matter what. Man, that is a great spiritual growth. So grab this. Let me just summarize it. I'm praying that you be filled so I can move you where I want you to, uh, that you'll taste like me that you'll be dominated by God. That's what he's saying. So that you'll know this so that you can be pleasing. You can walk faithfully day after day doing those things and put a smile on his face. Bring fruit out to the rest of the world so that they can benefit from it. Then get even smarter in how you can bring more fruit, bring more pleasure to our Heavenly Father, and then mature by having these things, this endurance, this long-suffering, and joy no matter what. Man, that is spiritual growth. So as we close, where are you at? Where are you at with spiritual growth? When you look at that, not the words you learn, but the way you live it, I'm praying that you'll be filled with this so that you can bring a smile to God's face and the world can know that Jesus is Lord. So let's pray, all right? Lord, I pray right now that you would help us to understand that spiritual growth is there for a reason. We need to mature. We need to grow for a reason because we want to put a smile on your face and we want to be ready to give something to this world that so desperately needs it. And I pray we could do the faithful things and walk step after step after step after step, doing the right thing, growing and maturing so that we could again, make you happier and be more fruitful for the world to see how good God is. So I'm praying for this, Lord. And just like the Apostle Paul said, I'm praying they'd be filled. Right now, I'm praying for our church that we would be filled like a sail. Move us where you want us to move. That we'd be filled like meat that permeates and we would taste like you when we go in this world because we're maturing. And we'd be filled, Lord God, dominated by the things of God in everything we do. Help us to mature, Lord. Help us to mature. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Can you stand with me all across this place?